absolutely critical that we have early and ongoing engagement with Indigenous businesses and communities. We make some of the best partners. Uh, once you bring in an Indigenous business into your network, you're going to have a loyal supply base. And that, I, I think, really is 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 breaking down the otherness, as you say, and it's continuing to invest in relationships with the communities. Welcome to the Exchange Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Ham, Manager of Client Success here at the TMX Group. In this episode titled Embedding Indigenous Procurement into Your Organization, we will introduce the topic of Indigenous procurement and the opportunity that is procuring goods and services from Indigenous-owned businesses. There are over 65,000 Indigenous businesses in Canada, and the numbers are growing at a record pace. Indigenous people are creating new businesses at nine times the rate of the average Canadian making the Indigenous economy a powerful force. The range of businesses includes everything from natural resources, construction, supply and service, tourism, technology, manufacturing, retail, and others. Today, I have with me two experts in this subject, Philip Ducharme, VP Entrepreneurship and Procurement at the Canadian Council for Aboriginal Business, also known as CCAB, and Lindsay Zilstra, VP Supply Chain at Hydro One, a listed issuer on the TSX. Let's start with um, a basic understanding of this subject. We know that Indigenous procurement creates new economic opportunities for Indigenous businesses through increased possibilities of competing successfully for contracts or of participating in employment, training, or subcontracting opportunities. Maybe, Philip, we can begin with you. Can you share with us your role at CCAB in supporting the growth of Indigenous procurement in Canada? Sure, Monica, and thanks for inviting us here. It's great to be here with you and Lindsay. As mentioned, my title is a VP of Entrepreneurship and Procurement at CCAB, and that encompasses two sort of streams at CCAB. Uh, the first being entrepreneurship, where we work with entrepreneurs to help Indigenous businesses grow through a number of programs. But the uh, the uh, stream that we're talking about today that is relevant is our procurement stream. And within procurement at CCAB, we have Supply Change, which is our trademarked Indigenous procurement strategy that we launched in 2018. What that uh, program is, is trying to ensure that Indigenous businesses are full participants in every procuring opportunity throughout Canada and beyond. Um, so anybody that buys goods or services, we encourage them to look to see if there are Indigenous businesses that are that they can buy the goods and services for. So within supply change, we have a number of pillars, uh, including the Aboriginal procurement champions. So we've reached out to our members to say, would you join us in this journey, making a commitment to buy more goods and services and promote procurement opportunities through your network and through your peer companies. So we currently have over 140 businesses that have joined us and they are have access to our Aboriginal procurement marketplace, which is, um, a marketplace that has over 1,200 certified Indigenous businesses that they can look to when they have opportunities. So again, we're really the, the facilitator between Indigenous businesses and the rest of Canada that's looking to buy goods and services. Excellent. And how have the federal government's procurement goals influenced Corporate Canada's adoption of supplier diversity programs? You know, that's an interesting uh, 
question. Uh, prior to the government's sort of really push on Indigenous procurement, uh, the resource sector in Canada led the way. Um, I mean, they've been doing this and they've been very inclusive of Indigenous businesses for many years. Um, in 2019, when it was first introduced in a mandate letter to the Minister of PSPC uh, for the government to look, and then it was mandated in August 2021. What that has done is it's actually increased the opportunities for Indigenous businesses because any corporate entity that's looking to do work with the federal government, now they are being asked, how are you going to help us meet that 5% target? And again, that has really been um, a great opportunity. Um, it's sort of showcasing that Indigenous businesses are out there, that we need to be looked at when there are opportunities. So I, I think it's it, it's great. Um, it also has some downfalls, though, because so many times people, when they hear that something's for Indigenous businesses, well, how can we take advantage of that? So it does also open up the opportunity for businesses that might not really meet the Indigenous business definition to try and take advantage. Mm -hmm. So. I think it's um it's a good start and it's going to be publicly reported on and that's very important. Um, we can never be successful unless we measure and report outcomes of what we're trying to achieve. So I think with the federal government leading it and even companies like Hydro One, which Lindsay will talk about as well, it, it's something that's very important to them. And it's it's really it's a form of reconciliation for indigenous. Great. Well, Lindsay, let's move over to you. Let's talk about the success story that is Hydro One. As a gold certified CCAB member, your organization is a role model for supplier diversity and Indigenous procurement. And two very important ingredients in your journey have been meaningful outreach and the development of Indigenous business directories, to, which will help facilitate successful matches. What would you say has been Hydro One's greatest asset? in achieving positive outcomes in Indigenous procurement? And what have you learned along the way? And what has and what has worked well and what didn't work well? Well, th those are a lot of questions. And and uh, first off, let me say thank you for, for having me. And it's a, a pleasure and an honor to, to be able to speak with you and uh, alongside Philip today. So um, first, I, I want to acknowledge that Hydro One is on a journey with our Indigenous procurement. Uh, we're always looking for ways to improve our, our program. And a key factor there has really been seeking and incorporating feedback from Indigenous businesses along the way. So for us, sometimes that has meant adjusting what has been our standard or historical way of conducting procurement activities. Um, so you mentioned outreach, and, and absolutely, that has been a, a, a huge platform of, uh, of success for us. So um, absolutely critical that we have early and ongoing engagement with Indigenous businesses and communities. So we want to be able to understand uh, their interest in participating in our procurement requirements um, and really out there in communities at the project planning phase. So our Indigenous Relations Department is, is out, is talking with communities, with, with leaders, with businesses, um, understanding how the communities want to be participating in our projects, uh, telling us about what Indigenous businesses exist and might be leveraged through the project execution. Um, and, uh, you know, the, really what, what's, what's key, the first time that a community or business uh, is hearing from us should not be when an RFP is issued. Uh, often that's too late to really incorporate uh, meaningful participation. So early engagement, um, absolutely key for, for outreach. 
Um, so another, uh, you mentioned there the uh, Indigenous Business Directory. So um, it, it's been a, a key factor of our success. So as we're out there and we're meeting vendors and, and uh, learning about how they can and, and would like to participate, we're adding those businesses to a directory. Um, we're working with those businesses, providing guidance sometimes if needed on how to maximize the visibility of these businesses to us and to other non-Indigenous suppliers as well. Um, because in a perfect world, this outreach is going to lead to work not only with Hydro One, but with other businesses as well. Mm -hmm. So th this business directory, um, what we've we've done is posted that publicly. And what we've also done is to share that directory with all uh, of Hydro One's approved suppliers. Those are non-Indigenous suppliers as well really encouraging subcontracting partnership maybe there's labor opportunities so really going beyond direct business and and really encouraging indirect opportunities as well well excellent points lindsay also some of the some of our issuers may have already started to build some plans for sourcing from indigenous suppliers can you share what some of the ways that Hydro One ensures that Indigenous businesses can participate in RFPs against bigger non-Indigenous vendors? And also, what perhaps what tactics are in place to provide equitable access to tenders? Yeah, great, great question. So um, we, as I mentioned, we're on a journey, we're probably 12 years into this journey. And the very start was making sure that our policies, our procedures, our internal processes um, were updated and, and allowed the flexibility that's needed by our, our sourcing and procurement teams to incorporate qualified Indigenous businesses. So it's things like ensuring we have the ability to direct award, um, you know, the set-asides, as, as sometimes it's called, which is limiting competition to a subset of qualified suppliers only. Um, it's, it's things like making sure that all of our RFPs have the requirement for an evaluation of Indigenous participation, all of them, no matter what. And really what's moving the needle is for certain projects, so for example, our, our major capital build of a, a power station or a transmission line, for example, it's a requirement of any non-Indigenous business to incorporate Indigenous participation into the project. Those are the really the the things within our policies that are are moving the needle, um, and, and you know tactics as you mentioned, it's back to that early engagement. Um, it's out there in communities. It's it's pushing those notification of what's to come before the RFP is actually live. So pre-notification, advanced time for Indigenous businesses to express interest. Um, and again, that's done through direct outreach to community economic development officers, for example. Um, and lastly, I'll add here, it's when we're going to market, preparing that bid list, we're looking at Indigenous business directories, the ones that we've created, as well as the CCAB registered um, member list, and we're reaching out and inviting those to uh, to participate. So it's it's not just, you know, we'll post an RFP and hope we get responses. Uh, it's really um, being proactive and, and having that early outreach to ensure maximum participation. Okay. And Philip, we know the current working definition of an Indigenous business is 51% ownership. How does an issuer 
ensure it is procuring from an Indigenous-owned or controlled business? And how does CCAB validate Indigenous ownership through its membership program? Sure. Um, at CCAB, for our members, uh, it was very important. And I mean, through the research that we did, corporate members wanted to ensure that they were buying goods and services from bona fide Indigenous businesses. So that's when we came up with the Certified Aboriginal Business uh, Program. So within that program, any business member that uh, any member that joins us and identifies as an Indigenous business, if they want to get the certification designation, they go through an audit process. So we look at the documentation, depends on what their business model is. If it's a sole proprietorship, we look at their master business license. If it's incorporated, we look at their articles of incorporation, their shareholders register, their company bylaws, and sometimes even their Schedule 50s, just to ensure that they do meet that 51% ownership and control. So again, that's something that we offer to our membership, and a lot of them rely on that. Uh, there are other ones, but we also, if, if they're not part of ours, I mean, it, the onus is on these corporations to do some due diligence uh, to ensure that they are. And I think they would they would do that on their own to make sure that uh, they're not saying, oh, we're doing a lot of spend with Indigenous businesses that are self-identified. Uh, that will just open them up to some uh, some bad publicity, negative publicity. And I don't think any corporation wants to do that. So I think the government, corporate, gov or corporate Canada is becoming quite attuned to that to ensure that it is a bona fide Indigenous business. So I think within CCAB, the certification program that we have, we have gives them the assurance that they are buying goods and services from valid Indigenous businesses. Okay. And Lindsay, does Hydro One only qualify its Indigenous participants by way of CCAB? Or are there other special considerations that assist you in making that determination? Yeah, so we, we do rely on the CCAB certification. It gives us valuable confirmation, as Philip mentioned, that uh, the business has gone through that validation process. We want to ensure that they are legitimate Indigenous businesses and, and uh, you know, nobody's being disingenuous, uh, whether they intend to or not. Um, as I mentioned, we're on a journey and, and we're listening and we're taking feedback so what we're starting to to understand is is that the typical definition of an indigenous business being you know owned and controlled 51% or more we're understanding that there are new types of partnerships that are forming so for example a contractual joint venture there's no assets to own right so that definition doesn't doesn't always fit as it as it did for us so we're going through um, a bit of a listening tour, understanding that there may be other types of partnerships that bring real value to Indigenous people and communities um, and are recognized by Indigenous communities and, and their councils as being Indigenous businesses that don't meet the historical definition of 51% owned or, or more. So we're assessing on a case-by-case -case basis. We're listening to the feedback that are provided uh, to us by each community and really shaping our approach as we go here. Um, so again, I, I want to reiterate, we're, we're on a journey. Um, we don't purport to have all of the answers here. We're listening, we're evolving, and uh, really looking to strike that balance between equity and and as well ensuring fairness in, in uh, Indigenous spend. Great. We know that the discussions surrounding the subject reveal numerous um, apprehensions from companies about doing business with Indigenous firms. And the procurement community often has little experience with Indigenous peoples, communities, and businesses, largely driven by a lack of knowledge and, and also experience. 
Philip, how does CCIB recommend companies start to familiarize themselves with the capabilities of Indigenous businesses if they are just starting out on the journey of Indigenous procurement? Well, uh, self-serving, I, th I think join CCAB and we'll, we'll help them with that journey. But again, one of the things we also tell uh, corporations are if there are Indigenous communities around where you're, you're operating, go out and, and attend Indigenous events, go out and meet the people. Um, that's most important. And then also go in with the attitude of listening, not telling. Uh, so often in the past as Indigenous people, we've been told, well, this is what you need. This is what you should be doing. This is good for you. I think to really be successful, you have to have, and Lindsay touched on it earlier, you have to have early engagement. You go in and you listen to the communities because each community is different. Um, they might have some social causes that are very important to them that they're, they're struggling with at that time. So you have to go in, listen, learn, um, be attentive and and you know indigenous people it seems like people are cautious but there's no reason to be cautious i mean we make some of the best partners uh once you bring in an indigenous business into your network you're going to have a loyal supply base uh very innovative they're always going to be there and again it's just going out meeting and and not being scared to take the first step i mean we're not going to come out and bite you or anything like that i mean we are we are approachable we have a great sense of humor and we are incredible, valuable partners once you get to know us and start working with Indigenous businesses. Excellent. That's so good to hear. And thank you for reinforcing that. Lindsay, um, successful Indigenous procurement requires values and principles that support trust, long-term relationships, and mutual understanding, all of which Philip just, just touched on. This helps to break down misconceptions of otherness and build trust in its place. How does Hydro One continue to invest in its relationships with our communities or with the communities to build trust with its suppliers? It's such a great and important question. And, and really it's, it's ongoing, uh, commitment towards learning, listening, and and doing better. Once you know better, we do better, and that I, I think really is 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 breaking down the otherness, as you say, and it's continuing to invest in relationships with the communities uh, where we live and serve. You know that that's one. I think there, there's so many steps here, and I think folks have to understand it's it's a multi-pronged, right? It's it's having top-down commitment from C-suite all throughout. It's having dedicated resources within your company. So we have dedicated leads within supply chain whose entire role is centered around um, matching Indigenous businesses with opportunities within our business. We have an entire Indigenous relations department who's focused on reconciliation solely. Um, it's, it's just throughout the entire culture of, of the organization. And it's constantly listening and learning. I, I feel a bit like a broken record saying that, but it's out in communities, it's listening, it's at external conferences and networking events. Our learning journey is is never over and, and you really, we, we commit to that. And, uh, you know, I lastly, if I can just mention, um, we, we really appreciate the ongoing partnership with the CCAB. So Hydro One is, has partnered on the Indigenous Entrepreneurship Grant Program for several years running now. I'm thrilled to participate on that. And, and really for Hydro One, it helps to broaden our potential supplier base. It's investing in, the, in these in entrepreneurs and growing businesses. And this is who our, our supply base will be in, in the province of Ontario for the years to come. 
Excellent. Philip, do you have any uh, final thoughts or parting words for our issuers that you might want to elaborate on or share? Um, you know what? I, I think, again, it, it's Lindsay. Lindsay has also touched on it. It's get to know us, come in, listen, engage with us. And, and again, it's also early engagement. We want to ensure that uh, when you're coming out to the Indigenous businesses, if you're coming out only when the RFP is there, you are setting us up for failure. Uh, the other thing is when you look at your supply chain, if you don't have a business that's doing something, don't say, okay, well, we're gonna search this indigenous business and say, oh, well, we searched and we couldn't find them. That's not how you do it. Uh, it is, it's a journey and it's all, it's evolving. There's no one that's perfected it. There's always going to be challenges, but don't don't be afraid of those challenges. Because again, as I said earlier, indigenous businesses, you know, you're gonna never, you're never gonna find a more loyal partner than indigenous businesses. And we want to ensure that corporate Canada and any buying entity is looking as in, at indigenous businesses as partners, just like Hydro One is doing, uh, not just one-off projects. That's not going to help our, our capacity for the indigenous businesses to grow. When you find a good supplier with an indigenous business, grow, grow that business. They will be a valuable source to you. And again, I think it's having the opportunities. I did want to also say I, I do really thank uh, TSX and TMX for this opportunity. But I, I did a search for the top 30 companies by size in January, 2023. Out of the top 30, 17 of those have joined us as Aboriginal procurement champions. So it is something that's that's getting along. And the top seven are actually all Aboriginal procurement champions. That was at January, 2023. So again, there are the opportunities, get out, meet with us and uh, join us on this journey. It's going to be a great journey and uh, you're gonna have fun along the way. <laughs> Who would have thought procurement was fun, but it can be fun. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, Philip. Lindsay, um, you mentioned that a few times that Hydro One is, is on a journey. Do you have, as a company that's listed on the TSX, do you have any final thoughts or or words for our issuers, for our other issuers that are, that are listed on the TSX that may also be considering um, doing work with Indigenous communities or organizations? Yeah, I really want to echo what what Philip has said is is uh, take the first step, um, even if it's brand new. Reach out to the CCAB. Reach out to resources. Um, there are others that can help you on the journey, um, and I jump in. I, I really, really encourage everybody to do that. Um, collaboration with some of the the best and strongest partners. I, I really want to echo what, what Philip has said there. Um, investing in diversity in your supply base has only made our program and our company stronger. And I encourage uh, other listed uh, entities to do the same. Thank you both for, for that information and for taking us into our closing remarks. Um, I'm, I would like to say that Indigenous procurement is a pillar of economic reconciliation because what it does is it demonstrates true leadership, commitment, and also accountability. The success of Indigenous procurement depends on the business leaders and also the champions at all levels of an organization, like you mentioned, Lindsay, and also Philip. The Indigenous procurement cannot be addressed by a single procurement manager. And so a collective approach by all functions in an organization is necessary to ensure that the approach aligns with enterprise goals and can be supported by all parts of an organization. And I would like to specifically thank each of you 
for participating in today's discussion. It's been informative. It's been interesting. It's been fun. So thank you.